In this talk, the Rebbe gives a very technical analysis of a Rashi in the Parsha, in this week's Parsha of Tetzava, about the Chayshen. The Chayshen was the breastplate that the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, wore on his chest when doing the service in the Holy Temple. And the verse tells us, You shall place into the Choshen Hamishpat, the Choshen of justice, the Urim and the Tumim. Rashi explains in the words, the Urim and the Tumim, that he wrote down God's ineffable name, put it into the folds of the Choshen, because that, that illuminated his words and caused his words to become complete. That's Urim and Tumim brought illumination and completion. In the second temple era, says Rashi, there was still the Choshen. They had still the breastplates because the Kohen Gadol couldn't do the service missing any of the garments, the required garments. But the name was no longer there. And therefore the Urim Vitzumim was missing. And it's because of that name, that writing, that it's called Chayshen HaMishpat, the, the judgment, as it says in the verse in Pinchas, later in, in Numbers, He will ask the justice, the judgment of the Urim. So the Rebbe asks several questions on this Rashi. First of all, Rashi usually deals with the direct issues at hand. Why would he hear feel the need to tell us what there was or wasn't by the second temple era, by the second base Amigdash, and even give a reason that it's impossible for the Kohen to do without the works, there must have been a Choshen, that doesn't seem to be relevant to the simple understanding of this text. Furthermore, Rashi explains again what is in front of us here in this verse. So why does he need to tell us about the meaning of the word b'mishpat, as it's used later in, in the portion of Pinchas, that should be when we get up to that, not here. And not only that, that it doesn't seem to belong here, this seems to actually contradict the previous statement. If it's called the Chayshen Mishpat because of the writing, because of the God's name that was contained, the Urim Betumim, that was contained inside the Chayshen, that would seem to, to mean that the Urim Vitumim is part and parcel of the garments of the Kohen Gadol. And if that's the case, it re-raises the question, how was it possible for them to do the, to, the service in the Beis Amigdash during the Second Temple era when they didn't have that? Which goes exactly against what Rashi just finished saying. Later on, Rashi explains the words, Mishpat B'nei Yisrael, that he brought about the justice of the Jewish people. And... In the, at the end of this verse, and Rashi explains why, what is the meaning of the word mishpat, things that are judged, that become clear through the choshen, through the urim v'tumim, whether to do them or not to do them. Then he brings a second interpretation, that according to the Midrash, the reason, the, the meaning of the word mishpat is that the choshen actually brought about atonement for those who mess up in judgments. And that's why it's called mishpat, because it brings atonement for bad judgments. So here too, the Rebbe asks several questions. First of all, both of these interpretations Rashi had already previously said on the words choshen mishpat, explain them, explain there these two interpretations in the word mishpat. Why does he repeat them here when talking about the order in Betumim? Secondly, in the previous 
instance. Rashi said it in an opposite order. First he said that it's called Chosh and Mishpat because it brings atonement for messing up in judgment. And then he said that another interpretation is that it's called Mishpat because it makes clear what you should do. So not only is Rashi seemingly unnecessarily changing the order, that actually creates a contradiction because generally Rashi brings first the interpretation that seems to make the most sense. Here he changes the order, which means suddenly he's interpreting the second one, which previously he took as the, as the basic meaning of the text. Here he's interpreting it as less fitting with the simple meaning of the text. And not only that, here he refers to it as a midrash agada, implying that it's not the literal meaning. So why, how, how could it be that these two times Rashi brings these two interpretations, he actually contradicts between one and the other? The Rebbe explains this by saying that what's really bothering Rashi over here is what's going on with the fact that we concluded first the whole discussion of the Choshen. We said that Aaron should carry the Choshen HaMishpat on his heart and only afterwards it added this extra verse that V'nasata al Choshen HaMishpat you shall place into the Choshen HaMishpat the Urim and the Tumim and Aaron will carry the judgment of the Jewish people. Since it's saying it afterwards not included in the basic text when it was talking about the garments themselves that implies that the Urim Vitzumim is not part and parcel of the Choshen but is actually a separate element, an an additional element that's not part and parcel of the garment itself. And that's why Rashi says, since this doesn't seem to fit with the basic text, so he interprets it and says, yes, what is the Urim V'tumim? It's not part of the Choshen. It's something that was placed into the folds of the Choshen. And what about the fact that that doesn't seem to fit with the order of the, of, of, of the verse? So Rashi goes on and says that in the base, second base Amigdash, this in fact wasn't even there, but that doesn't take away from the, from the fullness of the garments of the Kohen Gadol because it's not part of the garment itself. What about the, the fact that that doesn't seem to make sense? We're calling the Choshen, the Choshen Mishpat. The Choshen itself is called the Choshen of Judgment because of the Urim Vitzumim. Wouldn't that therefore make it the part and parcel of the garment that would be necessary? And without it, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, would not be considered to be wearing all of the necessary garments? Says Rashi, no, it's separate from the garment itself. It's it's, the, the Choshen is the Choshen, and the Urim V'tumim is called, the, is the reason why the Choshen is called the Mishpat is because it contained the Urim V'tumim that achieved that purpose. That's why in this context, Rashi changes the order of his interpretations. Here it makes more sense to say that the word Mishpat, the word judgment, isn't going on the Choshen, but rather is going on the Urim V'tumim, on what, the, what this divine name contained within it was able to accomplish. And therefore he says, why is it called Choshen Mishpat? It's called a, a Choshen of justice because of the Urim V'tumim that clarified what it is that you should do, that answered all of the difficult questions. As opposed to in the previous Rashi, he didn't need to change this or 
around because it fits better to say that the word mishpat has to do with judgment as it normally would and therefore he gave that interpretation first. But since over here he needs to explain why the Urim V'tumim is said after we finish describing the Choshen, so therefore here he interprets that, that the word mishpat is going on the Urim V'tumim themselves that they clarify what it is we should do. Since though that doesn't fit with the simple meaning of the word mishpat, so he adds also the second interpretation that it's a midrash agada, that it's a medrash that that interprets choshen mishpat as going on an atonement for an improper justice, but which in one element fits better because it, it fits better with the word mishpat. But since it doesn't fit with the flow of the text, therefore he brings it as a secondary interpretation as the as the medrash agada. Now the Rebbe always teaches us that Rashi contains not only an explanation of the simple meaning of the text, but also Yena Shel Torah, the wine, the secrets of the Torah, are contained within Rashi's interpretation as well. Where do you see the wine of the Torah, the secrets of the Torah, in this technical statement? Chassidus tells us that the difference between, the main difference between the first temple and the second temple, the reason for there being less things by the second temple wasn't so much that there was a lower degree of revelation of godliness within the Beis Amigdash, within the temple itself. In the temple itself, there was a revelation, a, a very high revelation, even by the second Beis Amigdash. But the main difference was the way in which that revelation was able to be drawn to the Gvulim, was able to impact the world around it, was able to impact the areas outside of the Holy Temple. In the second Beis Amigdash, in the second temple, it wasn't intense enough to manifest itself even beyond the walls. According to that, that fits with this interpretation of, the, of Rashi here as well. The Choshen itself was there by the second temple. But the Mishpat, the effect on the Jews, on the people, on the world, that was missing. And that's a similar idea is, exists in our time, in exile as well. Because our sages tell us that the word Choshen, the same letters of Choshen, Ches, Shin, and Nun, also spell Nachash, a snake, which refers to the original snake, refers to sin. On the other hand, Rabbi Ephraim, one of the authors of the Tosvos, tells us that the word Choshen, uh, the numerical value of the word Choshen is 358, which is the same numerical value of the word Mashiach. In the time of exile, when because of our sins, we don't have the, the, the revelation of the Holy Temple, then what do we see? We see the snake. We see the negativity. The Choshen is concealed. Mashiach is concealed. In other words, we have the Choshen like Rashi said earlier. We have the Choshen even now during the time of exile, but it's concealed. And that's our work during this time of exile, to reveal, to bring out the Choshen, to bring out the, the gematria, the numerical value of Mashiach from its concealment until there's Choshen Mishpat, until the Choshen is able to impact, the holiness of the Choshen is able to impact and affect the world itself, our world itself. And as a result, then Choshen, the numerical value of Mashiach is then again revealed. It brings about the revelation of Mashiach speedily in our days.